Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to the uh, Refrigerant 365 podcast. Um, you're home for the latest refrigerant insights across the globe. Um, my name is Elizabeth Ortley, the host of uh, Refrigerant 365, and we are so excited to be here, a part of um, the podcast affiliate this year, and the um, the world's largest um, HVACR event. So we're really excited to be here. It's a great honor to be a part of the um, this podcast affiliate, and then also. Um, uh, we will also be joined by our moderator today, um, William, who happens to also be my, be my brother, and he'll be kind of facilitating the discussion for today. Yes, l- l- like she said, um, I'm William. I'll, I'll be the moderator. Um, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you, Nicole, and the AHR Expo. Um, also, it's, it's great to be representing Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee. We come from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Um, one of the fastest growing cities in um, the United States. So it's, it's definitely good to be here and representing um, such a small town that we came from and it's it, what, what, it, what it is to now. So um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for having us here. Um, so I'm gonna start off with basically um, um, asking about the history of Refrigerant 365 and how it came to be. What's the, the founding of it? How it got started and to what it is now? So I'm gonna hand that off to you. Um, the host and for you to kind of go over so okay so refrigerant 365 started um, basically many many years ago when I um, first began my career um, in analyzing um, thousands like I really was analyzing you know refrigerant regulatory policy and when while doing that I quickly kind of realized that most people um, weren't taking the time to really um, you know uh, sit there and read through thousands and thousands of pages of regulations. And um, so I, I soon kind of realized that there was a real lack of awareness in terms of how to describe the refrigerant landscape, the world of refrigerants and what's going on with it, and then also the um, terminology. And so from there, we kind of uh, started this um, idea of Refrigerant 365. And um, that is kind of the idea behind um, what it is. And it's really to help people uh, keep up to date with the latest in the world of refrigerants. And so that's kind of how it started. Very nice. Um, did you talk about the objective? So it's an objective and holistic approach to it um, and basically allowing them to, to kind of keep a radar on what's going on in the refrigerant world. Um, so keeping it, keeping it cool with the refrigerants, I get it. So. Yeah. Uh, so what what um, will today's episode at the AHAR Expo here in Atlanta cover? Okay. Yeah. So today's episode is um, our, it's actually a continuation of our refrigerant briefing series. And our refrigerant briefing series is a four-part series that happens um, throughout the year. Um, we host one for each quarter, basically. And so it's always kind of a continuing um, conversation um, based on our last refrigerant briefing. And so this one today is really um, our refrigerant briefing for winter 2023, live from the HR Expo. And it's real, if you guys have joined us for our other um, briefings, it's a, really a continuing conversation and, and, and it's our hope that you are um, not just joining this one today, but also all throughout the year. And the um, main goal with the, the with this refrigerant briefing um, series is to really bridge the gap, um, the knowledge gap between um, B2B and B2C stakeholders in the HVACR industry. 
And um, a lot of times um, there's a big bifurcation between um, the two. And so this is really um, trying to open up that discussion for um, all stakeholders at all levels of experiences and all knowledge levels in, in terms of, um, the ref um, in terms of uh, refrigerants. Um, so before we, uh, before we kind of start, I would like to go into uh, a little bit I told you about what Refrigerant 365 and this briefing is, but I also want to mention what it is not. And I think that's particularly important because um, if, you're, if you're any way aware of um, the refrigerant space currently, it is very uh, politicized. And so there's different, many different sides and facets that you could take and positions that you could take in terms of refrigerants. And so I think it's really important to um, tell you what Refrigerant 365 and this show is not about, and that is, one, we don't want, to, we want to be as objective as possible about all of these revolving issues and not take any one side um, about um, the refrigerant landscape. I know that a lot of the um, things that we'll be discussing sometimes are a little bit controversial, controversial. So we really want to just present the updates as they happen and not um, through any, uh, any, any, through any biases. And so we're not really here to tell you what to think, but rather just um, keep you informed about the um, policy updates in order for you to make the best decision and better outcomes for your team, your business, and whatever that means. Well said. So uh, in, in, in particular, what will today's uh, podcast episode cover here at the AHR Expo in Atlanta? Okay, so this, um, this um, episode, we will specifically be talking about three main three three main things. Um, the first part of our episode today is going to look at the um, overarching landscape of the HFC phase down um, at the international level and sort of um, an overarching view um, here in the United States. And then the second part will be a more deep dive into the current state of the HFC phase down, how it, that evolved. And then we will close with our, um, our third part, which is um, basically um, a look at what is trending now and what to keep on our radar, radar for um, our next discussion, which will ha happen on Wednesday. And before we jump in the podcast, uh, we'd like to review a uh, legal disclaimer. Uh, fun, fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. The information provided on this podcast is not and is not intended to constitute legal device. Instead, all information, content, and materials available in this podcast are for general information purposes only. Okay, so now um, I'll hand it back over to the host uh, to jump into part one, which you mentioned is an overlook of the HFC phase down. Yes, so I would like to start with a kind of a marker in terms of the HFC phase down at the international level. Um, if we look to 2016, we saw the um, uh, approval of the Kigali Amendment to the Montreal Protocol, and that was in um, October of 2016. 197 countries, including the United States, voted to adopt the Kigali Amendment. And at that time in 2016, as an industry, we really thought that um, we were headed towards a very um, linear path with HFC management at that time. Um, regardless of you know your viewpoint or stance, um, it really looked at that point in 2016 that we were all headed towards this similar goal of um, HFC management and HFC um, phase down for the international level. But um, 
and, and so quickly thereafter, um, here in the United States, after that Kigali Amendment was um, voted um, in, at the international level, we saw the EPA 608 update um, roll out in November of 2016, and then shortly thereafter, we had um, uh, several SNAP rules that um, implemented HFC refrigerant bans, and that was in December 2016. So if you look at those, um, those several events in regards to HFCs, we thought there was a very like linear path. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, we wanna put a big caveat there because it wasn't as linear as the industry thought. Um, and so we're gonna kind of go into a little bit more depth about that, but. And uh, so for everyone um, listening and tuning in live, um, you can follow at Refrigerant365 on, across the web to join the refrigerant conversation. Um, and you can also use hashtag refrigerant365 if you do have any questions and we'll follow up after the show. Okay. Um, so it seems like a linear path to HSC uh, refrigerant management yes. in the United States, right? Yes. Um, so, but what, what then happened? Um, it wasn't so linear. Right. So. It wasn't as linear. Um, so if we go about a year after that 2016 marker that I talked about, we saw this um, project drawdown book that came out in uh, 2017. And that listed refrigerant management as one of the top solutions to like these to the world's environmental challenges. And so again, it really created a lot of um, fervor in the industry about where, where we are headed. Um, but then um, something kind of quickly changed. Um, and, between 2017 and 2020, we saw a kind of a shift in how this was going to um, the shift in the direction for the industry, and that was really the. Um, if, if you guys don't, uh, if you can't remember, this is kind of a little bit of a finer detail, but um, we saw um, the leak repair provisions in the Section 608 um, rollback, and that happened. Um, the, the, the rescinding of those leak repair provisions happened in February of 2020. And so that was a really big um, turning point in terms of um, that once what seemed a very linear path, but then it quickly sort of started deviating. And then shortly thereafter, we also saw um, kind of starts of um, some battle, like some kind of legal troubles with those SNAP rules 20 and 21 with the HFC bans that happened. So um, that was kind of the first, uh, you know, turning point in terms of this linear path. I see. So with the roll rollback of the uh, ref uh, leak repair provisions, yes. Um, what was the state of the refrigerant uh, state of refrigerant then? Yeah. World then, if that makes sense. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. No, we're good. Uh, so the uh, state of hashtag the... Hashtag Refrigerant365 to join the conversation um, at Refrigerant365 to follow across the web. Okay, let's jump back into it. Okay, so so keeping all of this in mind, um, it really became, um, when we approached 2020 for the industry, it really became an uncertain time. Um, and so there was a couple of things that really, um, you know, was fueling that uncertainty, of course, was the fact that this national HFC phase down, which was, um, is you know, seemingly was kind of being um, slowly but surely kind of trickling away because of the um, rescinding of the leak repair provisions, as well as um, kind of the SNAP rule 2021 debacle, debacle goals and challenges there. And so um, 
and so from there, I mean, by 2020, um, much of the industry was kind of up in the air about the phase down. And then also, of course, we had the pandemic to grapple with. And so it was kind of this perfect storm for, um, you know, for uh, uncertainty. And um, it was it was kind of like people were um, really sort of uncertain about what was going to happen with um, the HFC phase down in the United States. And so. Um, but then something um, different sort of happened was the fact that the um, AIM Act, um, the first circling of this this new legislation, started kind of um, going around, and it was known as the American Innovation and Manufacturing Act of 2020. And so that was sort of the first um, another shift that we saw in terms of um, the uh, HFC control of HFC refrigerants, and. So in 2020, we did start seeing this discussion of the AMAC start, start kind of um, uh, uh, percolating throughout the industry. But because of um, the other you know, incidents and events that I had pointed to, that um, started to sort of, a lot of people did not think that it would um, really ever be enacted. It was more of just sort of a, a long pipe dream. But um, it, we were in kind of for a, a, a deep surprise. Um, and I personally at the time um, thought that the, I mean, a lot of people were telling me like, oh, you know, Elizabeth, there's actually no way that this AIM Act will um, be enacted because of, you know, it just seemed like a huge uphill battle, um, uphill battle from terms of, you know, getting congressional support, uphill battle in terms of kind of unifying the, the industry. But, um, I, I kind of initially, um, my, my inclination was that it, it, it was um, kind of a, a success in the way that it was presented to the industry and also to society. And that was because it was not only, you know, kind of marketed um, being good for um, the environment, but also good for the economy. And so there was a big um, economical approach to how they were, um, you know, presenting this um, AIM Act. And so that kind of... Um, leads in well to our next part of this podcast discussion today. And that, that's talking about the national HSC phase down yeah. in the United States. So what is it and how was it presented to the HVAC industry and our society? For any questions, please use hashtag Refrigerant365. Follow across the web at, at Refrigerant365 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatnot. Jump okay. back into it. So now we're into the second part in which we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive um, into the um, HFC phase down in the United States and kind of the particular uh, regulations um, that does – my, does my voice sound – Yeah. No, no. It sounds great. Um, the particular regulations that encompass that national HFC phase down in the United States. So where this all started was, again um, – I mentioned that this, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was um, a lot of people didn't think it would pass, but in fact it did. And so in December 27, December 27 of 2020, we saw that the AMAC was enacted by Congress. So like two days after Christmas, we received word that you know the um, industry is sort of changing directions again, and now we're headed towards this um, you know global HFC. I'm sorry, this uh, very unified national HFC phase down. Um, and so this is a very historic and bipartisan um, moment for the industry and also um, for, I guess, for the United States well as well, because as you, as you might recall, we were all under um, 
like very uncertain times at the at that time because of the fact that um, there was the pandemic, and this this legislation was. I mean, to be fully honest, it seemed like a very good good feel good piece, and um, the way that. Um, the bill was ultimately um, really kind of won people over was the fact that, you know, they also said it was good for the economy. It was good for manufacturing. Um, They kind of mentioned that it would help improve the U.S. trade imbalance for chemicals and equipment. I think it was estimated between um, approximately like $12.5 billion and increased direct and indirect U.S. manufacturing output by nearly um, $39 uh, $39 billion by 2027. They also um, touted it as good for job creation and then, of course, lastly, good for the environment. Um, And so that is kind of... kind of the context behind that behind the aim act so good for the economy manufacturing job creation and the environment okay so how does the how does the aim act direct the epa to address hsc refrigerants yes so that 2020 um before any rulemakings under it were established basically this um the AIM Act in and of itself addresses HFCs in three main ways. And those three main ways are, um, you know, phasing down production and consumption of HFCs, maximizing reclamation and um, minimizing releases from equipment, and then three, facilita- facilitating their transition to next generation technologies through sector-based tra- uh, restrictions. So um, after it was passed in December of 2020, it was really fast-tracked from there. Um, quickly thereafter, um, in the spring of 2021, we saw the first proposed rulemaking under the AIM Act um, uh, that uh, w- was published. And then finally, in September, we finalized that first rulemaking. And ultimately, the final rule under the, uh, the first final rule under the AIM Act was, um, was published. And that first final rule, it, it, it focused on three main areas. I know this is super uh, a super dense topic to start the to start this no, to start a, the expo off with, but no. you know, um, it it's focused the world on of yeah. So. It's it focused on three main areas, and that's uh, you have it, to keep them cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it focused on three main areas, which was um, HFC production and consumption baseline levels from uh, which reductions will be made. It also established an initial methodology for the first um, for the first phase of the of the phase down, which is years 2022 and 2023. And then, lastly, it also created a robust, um, agile, and innovative compliance and enforcement system. Um, and so that that's kind of the the um, context for that. that w- what the AIM Act addressed, and that first final rulemaking also uh, focused on. Okay, so can you go into a little more detail about the HSC phase-down schedule, about the consumption and production caps, allowance caps? Sure. So in that first um, final rule, we saw that there was the HFC phase-down schedule that was published. And so if anyone, hopefully most of you are aware of that phase-down schedule by now, but um, the first two years of the phase-down, we um, saw a 10% reduction from consumption and um, production um, from the baseline. And then um, from years 
the second stage, the um, t- years 2024 to 2028, is a 40% reduction um, from that baseline level. So that's where we see kind of the first big um, dip in terms of um, the re- the reductions. And the ultimate goal is to really phase down um, HFC refrigerants by 85% over the next 20 uh, over the next 15 years, which is basically by uh, 2036. Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, and then it, that that goes on to okay the 2036. Okay, and what else did the final first final rule include? Um, okay, so that that's so the 24 2024 the 2028 is going to be the most difficult the 60 percent allowance mm-hmm. uh, consumption and production allowance caps. Mm-hmm. Okay, now going over to uh, my next question is. How else did the first final rule include? What, 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 what else? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What else did the first final rule include? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, so there was other things, um, not not just this phase down schedule that was in the first final rule of um, of, of the AMAC. There was also um, the allocation methodology. Okay. I think I I think I mentioned that, but yes. there was there was also this compliance and enforcement system. Um, and this um, compliance and enforcement system um, basically described it as like a multifaceted approach to ensure that the phase down regulations are ultimately enforced. Um, and so everything, you know, if, if, if you had just read the surface of um, this, of this, of this final, of this first rule, you'd probably think, okay, everything sounds like, you know, there's, I mean, obviously the, the, um, the 40% reduction, which takes place in 2024, that's obviously a bit, a bit like it kind of makes you, you know, makes you um, have to reread the, you know, the regulation a little bit. But the second, um, there's hmm. something else here to kind of uncover, and that was this, um, the cylinder. I'm sorry, the enforcement and compliance part. Really, they, um, what many might have not realized is they uh, called for um, sort of a, a ban on non-refillable cylinders and um, also a QR code tracking system for HFC refrigerants. And, you know, just kind of hearing that, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people would have been a little bit taken off guard because that seems a little bit um, perhaps, you know, when they mean compliance and enforcement, they mean compliance and enforcement here. And so, it's probably not without surprise that um, that, that started uh, being challenged very soon after the final rule was published, actually. We saw almost like a month after um, we saw uh, basically a challenge by um, uh, a law, basically a lawsuit filed against this um, refrigerant cylinder ban issue in, in the AIM Act. Yeah. I see. And so... Um, Basically, what it what what the the cylinder ban called for was um, there's a, a two stage a, a two stage approach to the ban. And the first uh, first date was uh, January first, 2025. Um, they want to put um, a ban on importing or uh, filling disposable cylinders. And then two years later, they um, you know call for prohibiting the sale and distribution of disposable cylinders. And it actually does kind of go. Um, this is a direct quote. From um, from that final rule, but quote, you know, no person may sell or distribute or offer for sale um, or distribution of these cylinders by that date, and that's some pretty strong um, 
some pretty strong language there in terms of um, where where this um, industry would be um, would be headed. Again, it is currently kind of being challenged, um, so that is just something to uh, to keep in mind. And um, it, it, I want to emphasize, you know, like because of um, the nature of this podcast, you know, we don't want to, you know tell you what to think about this, but rather that this is an issue that you probably should be aware of because it does impact um, most technicians. I mean, you you know, these are the cylinders that you're using every day out on the field. And so in this, you know, ultimately those are the most of the, you know, there's a big impact for the industry. Um, so An objective and holistic approach, right? No, I, I mean, yeah. And so sense. one of the, the one of the companies the best that, way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, one of the companies that is challenging that currently is one of the um, only um, domestic manufacturing um, domestic manufacturers remaining of these um, non-refillable steel cylinders, and it employs obviously um, Americans and things like that. So we're kind of um, left to see what's going to happen with that, but. Um, that is kind of the um, the the state of things with that, and um, if if we keep in mind that um, the way that this the way that the the phase down um, here was was ultimately marketed to um, our industry, but also our society, was that you know it's not only good for the environment, but it's good for the economy. Um, you know, and, and we have to make, I, I think part of why we're doing this and why we're continuing to follow this and provide updates is um, really to kind of see what, what happens ultimately if, if it's um, holding um, true to that, to those promises, or if it's, you know, what, if it's kind of deviating from, deviating from course over time. So that's kind of um, why we find that this is particularly important to focus on and also the fact of the matter is you know if this is the only if you know there's only a few people left that really make these non-refillable cylinders well this kind of does matter because it it kind of directly sort of almost undermines a little bit that the fact that this this bill was touted as um you know good for manufacturing good for job creation etc so um you know, those are all um, things that we can kind of keep in mind. Um, and I think we're really emphasizing the fact that um, while this is sort of happening quite quickly, and what I mean is uh, the HFC phase down in the United States, it's happening quite quickly. But at the same time, we're not necessarily, you know, we're not necessarily um, trying to promote or endorse those timelines, but rather just tell you that this is this is how it's happening, and these are things to be looking out for as as we um, uh, move deeper into the phase down. That's a great overview of the HSC phase downs in uh, nationally, and where it stands. Um, now that concludes the uh, second part of uh, this episode. Um, please follow across the web at uh, Refrigerant365. Join the conversation using hashtag Refrigerant365. Um, any questions, answers will follow up at the show. We get back into part three. Okay, now let's move on to the third part of today's discussion. What is trending now? Okay. All right, so, so we, we got part one and part two away from us. Yes. Now, the relevant issues right now, what are the trending topics right now? Okay. It All begins right. right now. Okay, so yeah, we reached the, the third part of today's discussion, which I know that we did a lot of you know deep dive into various topics. Um, and so 
this this last part is really kind of to look at uh, what is trending right now, and then we'll pick up from um, from this discussion um, on Wednesday. So um, you know, if you have more questions or things that you want to discuss, you can join us back here on Wednesday um, at 11 a.m. Right. So, okay. So basically, um, now we are really um, headed towards finalizing the details of the second phase of the phase down. And that's um, particularly like if y'all were part of, you know, people on the live stream, if you were listening, it was the years 2024 to 2028. And that's really kind of where the focus is currently is, is kind of finalizing those details. Um, we saw in November of 2022, we had the proposed HFC allocation rule that um, included that methodology. And from my understanding, um, it looks like so far the methodology is um, somewhat similar to the methodology used for the first stage of the phase down. And so that, that's something that we're watching, but that's not the only thing. Okay, that's not the only thing that has um, that has happened very quickly in the past few months. Um, we also had um, a notice of data availability from the EPA um, regarding uh, reclamation um, for HFCs, and so that is um, they are intending to make a rulemaking about um, reclamation for HFCs sometime uh, sometime soon. I know that they held um, various public hearings, um, and then um, so that's something that they're also doing, and they're doing that under uh, subsection H of the AIM Act. Um, in addition to those uh, uh, two things I mentioned um, on the reclamation as well as the allocation methodology, we last but not least, and this is kind of a big zinger in terms of um, where this is all headed, um, is is there is a proposed rule now for um, HFC restrictions. And so those um, HFC re restrictions, that was um, that proposed rule was published in December of 2022. And public comments were actually due just a week ago. So, you know, hopefully um, some of you might have commented um, so that way you can kind of, you know, make your voice known about whether or not you think the timelines and uh, the GWP limits are realistic. But um, essentially, we're kind of seeing a, a revival of um, these HFC restrictions that we talked about, which we saw um, earlier back in, uh, you know, much kind of looping this full circle now and going back to 2016. But in some shape or form, these HFC restrictions um, are kind of in going back to that HFC bans that we saw um, back then. So um, we're going to go into more detail about that in Wednesday's discussion. Wow. Um, basically, you know, um, they... And mention the time slot again. Yes, it will be on Wednesday at 11. So the final day of the show, we'll be back talking in more detail about yes. these, um, these other topics. Points. Yes. Yep. And Wednesday at 11 a.m. We're back here on the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Join the conversation at Refrigerant365. Use hashtag Refrigerant365. All right. Let's jump back into it. All right. Okay. Not to interrupt. Sorry. W wanted to make sure we get that in there. Um, yes. So They have to know yes. when we're back and on so the show. And so the thing to keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all of the details with these HFC restrictions right now, but um, the, 
the fact of the matter is, is, you know, popular refrigerants like, you know, 134A, 404A, 410A, those types of things are all um, kind of on the line for this, um, for these HFC restrictions. And um, they're going to uh, basically are kind of proposing um, GWP limits for, uh, for certain um, thresholds at certain dates. And we'll go into more detail about that. Um, on our, our Wednesday time slot at 11, but that's um, a good a good um, discussion, good like way to kind of start that discussion on, on Wednesday, and um, that's no, that's great. That's kind of yeah. So I mean, so it really comes down to if we look at all of this that we talked about today, in um, taking a very bird's eye view of where the world of refrigerants is headed. It's really going to come down to, and, and, and what I see as, as three main things, and that's going to be like time, you know, the, the timelines, the time frame. are we ready for this um, at these certain times that are proposed, and also the ones that are current, the time frames that are currently being challenged, and then also um, the preparedness um, for the industry in terms of trainings, in terms of, um, we, we obviously, we're moving towards alternatives such as um, flammables and all, as well as natural refrigerants. And so we, we know we need right. to do trainings. And then also, there's a big skilled trades gap, which also kind of challenges um, that preparedness. And then last but not least is the communication element and communication, communicating all of these changes and updates um, to all of the relevant stakeholders. And I think that's. Um, the one of the biggest challenges is making sure that anyone that will be impacted knows about this stuff, and that's really where um, you know the point of you know refrigerant three hundred and sixty five uh, is. That's kind of our hope is that this right. is what we're doing. So, where, where do you get your inspiration? What what inspires this to to continue keeping you know the world people who are a part of and are on the front lines keeping them informed, keeping the world of refrigerants churning, how do you, where's your inspiration come from? How do you incorporate this into your overall, you know, vibe, you know? Like, wh where do you get that from? I'm kind of curious. So, so we're, we're going to, okay, so that part three is now kind of finished. I'm going to kind of hand it off to just a little bit of, like, just open-ended questions for yourself. Um, and so that's, that's a lot of times, you know, on the live streams and stuff, your DMs and stuff, people contacting us contacting you they always ask you know what what's really inspiring this what's the mission and so uh, i'll just hand that off to you real quick before we conclude and um get into our conclusion part okay um but yes, yes. hashtag three refrigerant 365 to join the community at refrigerant across the web okay get back to it <laughs> and, okay so yeah um it really like it started with this um major challenge of, you know, starting my career off and reading all of these, like I said, all, all of these policies and regulations. Stacks of regulations. Yeah. yeah. Stacks, stacks of regulations. Yes. When you get a chance, for anyone listening, <laughs> um, on the live streams, um, you know, when you get a chance, something you got to see is her desk. There are stacks of refrigerant regulations. Uh, it's, it's impressive. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. I think let that be known. It's it yeah. really impressive, of, you know, how this is all playing out and stuff. And you're at the forefront of this, and so yeah. Back to your back to the question of the inspiration component. Yeah. yeah so, 
it, it really started with that passion of wanting to share that, uh, w you know, with the world, with the industry, and uh, hearing from all types of different uh, stakeholders, um, from you know, C-suite to right. facility managers yeah. to um, marketing managers to technicians. All stakeholders, that, yeah. Yeah, the very diverse set of stakeholders that were interested hey. in what I was sharing, and so. Um, from from we're just really excited to have built this this following up. I think we're uh, fastly approaching uh, nearly five thousand followers online that are yep. interested in um, the, the refrigerant three six five overall brand and also our podcast and then also uh, all of the content that we share throughout the year. So we don't just do the briefings, but we also do um, you know various uh, also other live videos and content events. and events. Yep. And so it's it's been really exciting to see that. And so um, we're going to continue to follow these updates as they happen um, across the globe. I know that today was very North American focused, but that's also because we're at the world's lar you know largest HVACR event in, in this awesome city of Atlanta, Georgia. And so we really invite you to, uh, to join us back again um, for our follow-up discussion in Podcast Billion 2 here again for on Wednesday at 11 a.m. You can also um, join us um, uh, online at, at Refrigerant365 and also subscribe to our newsletter, www.refrigerant365.com, and that's where you can uh, keep up to date with the, the latest. Um. Right, so get your refrigerant cool with newsletter straight to your inbox. Um, with the Refrigerant365 newsletter uh, delivered straight to your news uh, inbox. Um, okay, so that, that's, that's well said. Um, Please follow Refrigerant365 across the web, hashtag Refrigerant365, um, hashtag to engage in all the uh, questions relevant to uh, refrigerant and relevant topics around the world, and Elizabeth will be sure to get back to you um, after the show. Okay, so I think that almost wraps up it. Um, is there any other thing that we should talk about in terms of World of Refrigerants? Um, no, I mean I, what, we, what? we're gonna we're gonna pick it back up here um, on on Wednesday, and so thanks for everyone who's tuned in um, tuned in and you know walking by the uh, walking by the podcast pavilion, and then also is tuned in to us um, on our our feeds. So we really appreciate the support, and um, thanks for tuning in. That's all for now from the Refrigerant Three Six Five podcast. Thank you guys, and 